0: I'm
1: and your grace was free
2: there your pardon multiplied to me every time i tried to make it on my own every time i tried to stand i'd start to fall all those lonely roads that i have traveled on there There was Jesus. jesus when the life i built came crashing to the ground when the friends i had were nowhere to be found i couldn't see it then but i can see it now there was Jesus. jesus Every minute, every moment where I've been thank you that wherever we are that you are there lord we even when we don't know it even though we can't see it but we know that you are with us and you are always uh, there for us god we just want to lift you up today we want to praise you we want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy and we want to pray for brother daryl as he'd lift up your uh, word to us today in jesus name i pray Amen. Let's keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are
0: touching it.
2: Even when, it, stop, stop, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Workin'. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel into working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
1: morning. Okay, in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 4, as so we go through the book of Matthew on Sundays, Matthew 4, 18 through 22. A couple weeks ago, we finished up the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. Hey, Lee, would you open up the back doors? They shut that uh, unbeknownst. Uh, finish up the Temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Last week, we looked at Jesus beginning to preach, and he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he goes immediately into now the uh, calling of some of his disciples who will eventually become apostles. And that's what we have in Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22. There's so an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. Uh, under that section, if you're looking at the hard copy, There's applications, there are five of those. I'm pretty sure this morning we're going to get through the first two. I just cannot see me getting down to number five, so probably they're around application number two. The text, Jesus in Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee, and verse 18, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me And I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him Going on from there going down the sea shore a little bit. He saw two other brothers James the son of Zebedee and uh, John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him and the first application this is a new level of discipleship sometimes you'll hear uh, a bible teacher make a mistake right here if we didn't have mark luke and john to read it's easy i'd get it when you read this out of out of Matthew, because none of the characters mentioned, none of the people that Jesus called has been mentioned before in this book. And so it's it's easy in this book, it's easy in that text we just read to see, and it's a cool thought, and it's a cool story, it's just not true, that Jesus walks along and he sees Peter and Andrew for the first time, and calls them, they immediately leave everything, leave their nets, he goes down, he sees James and John for the first time, it gives us that impression. It's not true. Uh, all you got to do, and I mentioned this, I believe it was last week, but if you have your Bible, it's easy to see. If you look at uh, chapter 4, verse 12, just go up the page a little bit, I suppose, on yours, or you may scroll. Uh, if you go up to verse 12, and the first word is now. Between verse 11 and verse 12, verse 11 is the end of the temptation. Verse 12 is when Jesus begins to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Between verse 11 and verse 12, there's a year that goes by. And I marked that in my Bible so I could remember it. I just wrote in there one year, okay? in Mark, Luke, and John, it records, they record things that Jesus did said, during that year, Matthew doesn't. So, so, Matthew's a year behind right off, right off the bat. Well, during that year, Jesus already calls, in a sense, uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John. By the time we get to Matthew chapter four, verse eighteen, he knows them very well. They're not, this nothing new, he's nothing new to them, they're nothing new to him. It could be, we're not sure, but it could be that James and John were actually cousins of Jesus, okay? So it's a very good chance they knew each other their, their whole lives. This is not a first acquaintance. It is a real cool story if it was true, but it is still a cool story, it's just not cool in that way, Okay? They did leave their nets. They did. Leave. When we say that Peter and Andrew, James and John left their nets and, and, and followed Jesus, it wasn't, uh, okay, I'm going to not fish today and go with you. They left their job. They left their, their career. They left their boats. And in James and John's uh, case, they left their family left him for good. As far as we know, Peter did not pick up the fishing profession again until that, it's almost a quaint way that he says it in John chapter 21, that uh, meeting of Jesus on the seashore with Peter. And before Jesus finds Peter and meets him there, Peter's about given up because he has denied Jesus three times. Jesus has ascended and Peter just feels alone, like I, not ascended. Jesus has resurrected, but has not talked to Peter since then, one-on-one. Anyway, Peter says in John chapter tw- 21, I go a-fishing. It means a whole lot more than I'm going to go fishing. It means I'm going back to my way of life, I'm going back to my job, I'm going back to my career There's no, Jesus doesn't have anything else for me that's in John chapter 21 so the truth of it is when we read Matthew in chapter 4 verse 18 Jesus sees Peter and Andrew in the boat and James and John in the boat again because he's seen them many times in the boat So what is this? This is a new level of discipleship. It's still a real cool story because they leave everything. But this isn't the first time. They've already been disciples. They already are disciples of Jesus. But he has never yet asked them to do this. They, they've went with him, done some really cool things, seen him do some really cool things, been involved in some really neat stuff. But they're still fishermen. Peter, we know, lives in Capernaum. We know he has, he has a wife. I'm not sure about the children. But this is his home. This, this is his boat. And Jesus calls him away from that. Com- he leaves everything. It's a new level of discipleship. So I wonder, I know, you know I've obviously had time to think about me, but I think about this, this a lot. I've been a disciple of Jesus for a long time. A G- disciple is a follower. I think that's exactly the terminology, and we're going we're gonna to end with this to, today in verse 19, where Jesus says, follow me. Okay? I've been a follower of Jesus a long time but he keeps on presenting to me new levels of discipleship, asking me to do new things, different things that I've never done before. I've never tried before. I didn't even know I could do it before. And he presents to me new challenges, new issues of faith, because that goes along with it. Lord, I I can't do that. He He says to me, I know you can't do it. That's why I'm asking you to do it because I, I know you can't do it. Some of you shake your head, I don't understand that at all. Some of you say, I understand that very well. You're at the, the, the Lord coming to you, asking you to do things that you can't do. You don't think he knows that? Of course he knows that. But he's, but he's challenging you in a new way. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this testimony. I really didn't even think I'd do this until right now. And a lot of you have heard this o- often, but I just want to touch some highlights. This is, this is to illustrate what I want to say. I was saved when I was seven. There on that front porch of that house in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, we drove by there a while back to see if I could find the house. On that front porch in that house in Springfield, Missouri, where I was, I was seven years old, my Sunday school teacher took me out on the front porch and led me to Christ. I remember t- taking hold of the, the uh, spindles of the handrail and asking Jesus to be my Savior. Now, it's, uh, we always want to say things like, well, on that night you gave your heart to Jesus. I, I certainly did. You turned your life over to Jesus. I certainly did. You gave everything to to Jesus that night. Well, I thought I did. Did I? Does anybody ever really do that? Give every so on that night as a seven year old boy on that front porch of that house in Springfield, Missouri, is there any possible way I could see or the Lord would show me or does does anybody ever know what God's going to do with them as you turn your life over to him? Is there any possible way that seven-year-old kid could ever see what the Lord would do with him? No. So what did I do that night? I just did what I knew to do. I just gave the Lord what I had. What much, still isn't. But I just gave the Lord what I had that night. Not having any idea, not even having a dream or a glimpse of what God would do. And I think, you know, it's, it's reasonable to say this. Doesn't the Lord probably do that with us where he withholds from us what he's going to do, what we're going to be, how, what he's going to ask us to do that he withholds from us? Because at the time we just say, there's no way I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to try that. So he doesn't let us know it. He doesn't let us see it. And he doesn't call us to it until we're ready. Until we've been a disciple a while. Then he begins to show us, okay, now this is what we're going to do. Lord, why didn't you show me that last year? You know, at the wedding wedding of Cana where Peter, James, and John... And, and, and the whole group was there. Why didn't Jesus explain it to me? Why didn't Jesus call them then, a year ago, at the wedding? Because they weren't ready. So uh, an ignorant little seven-year-old boy just wasn't ready. At 17, laying in my bed staring up at the ceiling, I wasn't saved again. But I gave more of myself. To Jesus I was a Christian this is the way I saw it I was a Christian at 17 but I didn't like the kind of Christian that I was does it matter matter to me it mattered to me and I think it mattered to the Lord as he began to deal with me I was a Christian but I didn't like the kind of Christian that I was And I made a decision. I still remember just as clear. I remember what the ceiling looked like. As I promised, made a vow, so to speak, made a commitment, made a decision, whatever word you want to use, Jesus, I'm giving you me. I'm giving you me. And I want you to do something with me. I don't want to be the way I am sure don't want to be who I was, but I'm tired of being the way I am. I'm tired of being the way I am. I'm a Christian, but I don't like the kind of Christian that I am. And I believe that you've got more for me than this. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, I sure do. And there have been several of those events since then. Those two just stand out in my mind. Those two are the ones as I was sitting or standing in, in my spot, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you, and that's it. There are different levels of discipleship. What is the Holy Spirit talking to you about? You've been a Christian. You already are a disciple. I'm not trying to say that at all. You are a disciple. You're a follower. Is this all there is? Is this it? Is this all God's got for you? Is this what you're going to be? Could it be that the Holy Spirit has been and is dealing with you about another level? And maybe you haven't thought about it in that way. Maybe you've never seen this text in that way. As Jesus walked along the sea, he saw Peter and Andrew, and Jesus knew it's time. Then he saw James and John, and Jesus knew it's time. They're ready. We're going to move on. I'm going to use them in in ways that, that they never dreamed of and still couldn't. Now, even at that point, as they leave everything, does Peter and Andrew and James and John have any idea what Jesus is going to do with them? No. We know the story because we're always looking at the story in hindsight. We've read the book, so we know how it ends. Peter has no idea that there's going to come a time where he's going to deny Jesus three times. He can't see that. The truth is all of us as disciples we don't have any idea what am I asking you to do what I've been asking me to do is follow Jesus today I'm asking you to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about today today that's all you know but if I, first of all, what does the Lord want me to give? You're just going to have to work that out with him. And if I do that, where's that going to lead? I don't think he's going to tell you. If he tells you, it's not fair because he never tells, he never tells me. Then what do I do? I just give him who I am today, right now. But for some of us, including me, the Lord is asking me for a new level of discipleship. Let me put it to you this way. I feel like I've gone as far as I can can the way I am. Okay? I've gone as far as I can the way I am. Then who needs to change? Me. Is it you? I don't, I don't, I don't know about you. I know about me. But I'm telling you, I've gone as far as I can. The way I am. The way I am means it's just going to continue to be the way I am. Nothing's ever going to really change until I get more serious, until I give more of myself. Whatever that means, uh, Jesus and I are going to have to work that out. It's a new level of discipleship. It's not the first time. This is the second, the third, or whatever time, okay? New level of discipleship. I think I beat that horse far enough. Let's go on to the next horse, the next uh, on your outline. I've never looked at it in this way. Those who weren't called yet are to this ministry. Jesus walked along. There's boats everywhere, Capernaum's bustling, busy There are boats everywhere. There are people everywhere. It could be that there are other disciples of Jesus because there are times when there are thousands of disciples. There's 12 apostles, but there are times where there are thousands of disciples. It could be there are a lot of disciples in different boats as Jesus goes down the seashore. But he sees Peter and Andrew, James and John. He sees two boats. There were probably hundreds of boats there. There were other disciples, I'm sure, in other boats that knew who Jesus was, so he knows who they are. But he called those four. But there were those who weren't called yet or to this, to this ministry. Undoubtedly, there, was, there were several people who heard this conversation with Peter, Jesus, James and John, and Jesus but he didn't call them, these other people, that day. Others, he called for. Others were there, but they weren't called that day. We're not all called to the same thing at the same time. They're those who weren't called yet, or to this particular ministry. Let me give you an example of this and this will be on the screen, it's also on your outline. It comes from Acts chapter 1, 21 through 22. Now, I got my resurrected and ascended straight. Jesus has ascended. Judas has killed himself. So now there are 11 apostles, and Peter and the other apostles and disciples are gathered in the upper room praying, and Peter says that we need to find and call another man to make 11, uh, 12 apostles to fill Judas' spot, fill Judas' shoes. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went out in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Now, what they did is they set two men aside, Justice and Matthias. They chose chose Matthias to fill Judas' shoes. So Matthias became an apostle on that day. Interesting, though, that the qualification for this man, he had to have been with Jesus the whole time. He had to have been a follower of Jesus The whole time. Okay. Matthias and Justice fit the bill. Matthias was chosen. It's a good chance there's no way for us to know that Matthias may have been on the seashore that day. When Peter, Andrew, James, and John were called. Matthias wasn't called that day. But in about two, two and a half years, Matthias was called to it. He'd been a disciple the whole time. He had seen what Peter saw. He'd been with him. The timing was just not right. It just wasn't there. Your calling is you. It's yours. It's not someone else's. We don't reply. We don't respond. We don't say yes when Jesus is actually talking to the person over here. That person's not me. I'm not called to do what they do. I'm called to do what the Lord asked me to do. Math- Matthias was eventually called to be an apostle, but not on the day we're looking at right now. Not on the seashore. He was called in the upper room. Different, different time, different person, different place. I'm not Peter, I'm not Andrew, I'm not James, I'm not John, I'm me, and you're you're you. We're not called to do what anyone else does. We're not called to be what what anyone else is. Next verse, almost forgot it in my own mind, next verse is that famous scene on the seashore that I mentioned where Peter said, I go a fishing and After all is said and done, Jesus and Peter are walking along the seashore. John is walking behind them. And he explains to Peter in that story, I'm not going to read it here, but he explains to Peter what he's going to do, what he's going to be. He he gives a little more detail to Peter. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to be. Peter turns around and he sees John behind him. And he says, Jesus, what about him? And Jesus makes the famous reply, Jesus said to Peter, if, if I will that he remain, that John remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. But okay, what about my parents? What about my children? What about my wife? What about my husband? What about my girlfriend? My boyfriend? What about, you know, aunt, you get the picture, right? On and on and on. What about them? What's going to happen to them? What will happen if I do this? What about, but I want to do what they do. You. You, Jesus said, follow me you don't worry about John and John I don't want you to worry about anybody John I'll take care of John and Peter I'm going to take care of you and and we're not all walking in the same shoe steps of each other we're walking in the footprints of Jesus not each other my calling is not your calling and I'm not supposed to do what you do what is Jesus what is Jesus saying to you? I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Matt, I didn't, I didn't ask you to, I'm going to ask you right now, put verse 19 of Matthew 4, 19 on the screen. We've already, we've already read it, but I just want you to look. Lord Wills will deal with this again at the end next week. Jesus said to them, to those four, follow, to those two, but eventually those four, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's one thing he's asking you to do, and there's one thing he's telling you that he will do. We'll deal with that next week. All I want you to do is look at two words, follow me. When he spoke those words to Peter, he said, you follow me. Now, I just want you to look at the two words, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. Not what others think you should do. Not what others think you should be. I've got to get over that. What others think I should do, what others think I should be. For me to move up to the next level of discipleship, I've got to get over that. I've got to get past that. What others think I should do, what others think I should be. And Jesus looks at us, and Jesus is looking at me right now, says, You follow me. Not our church not our denomination, not my best friend, not my relations, not you follow me. Or you're never going to move up to that next level of discipleship till you make that determination, that decision, whatever word you want to use there, that you're going to follow Jesus exclusively. I'm going to ask you to stand, musicians come I'm going to ask you to bow your head and and let's just take a minute here I'm not going to rush this we're in no rush we don't have anywhere we have to be we have to be right here we have to be right here As the Holy Spirit speaks to you as he's spoken to me, I'm not not the only one he's trying to talk to. As the Holy Spirit speaks to you, follow Jesus. Not anyone else's expectations. Not anyone else's decisions about who you are, what they think you ought to be, what they think you're going to grow up to be, Follow Jesus. This is our time right here. This is a special time in our church. This is our time right here where we can step out of our seat and come. And it's a, it's a public thing. We can step out of our seat and come and say, Jesus, I'm making a decision to follow you. Exclusive of everything and everyone else. Jesus, I'm making a decision to follow you. For me, I would say it like this Jesus, I'm making this decision again. And Jesus, I'm making this decision again. And Jesus, I'm making this decision again to follow you. But I am making a decision to follow you. In church, I'm going to tell you, I am. I am. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus exclusively. I don't want anything or anyone to be more important than him. I want what he wants. I want to go where he wants me to go. I want to do and be and talk and act and uh, like he wants me to be, not what anyone else expects. So this morning, I am making a decision to follow Jesus again. You may want to do the same thing. This is between you and the Lord. Of course, you can do that in your seat, but of course, you can step out and do that at an altar too. The only ones that, who will come to an altar and do that are those who want to. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I want to. I want to. As they play, And as you pray, you may want to come to an altar you want to. You want to come to an altar of prayer and say, I am deciding again to follow Jesus. I'm going to be a follower of him. As they play and sing, if you want to come and pray, we invite you to come.
2: Mind if I tell you a secret A few simple truths about me Might be hard to believe Guess I'm trying to come clean Sometimes I don't know where I'm going It's hard to admit where I've been When I come myself this is where i begin again i am here i am